0: <laughs> it would be a war spun, eh? I'm full, People might get Winnie's here for war trapped in the shot.
1: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Wolves Fancast Review Show for Wolves three Liverpool nil. Uh, it's nice, nice to smile. Uh, joining here tonight as uh, on the show by Stu, Pricey and Luke. Uh, as forever, as always, you know, brought to you by Fancast, part of the ninety bin football family. I mean, we're still riding the euphoria, aren't we? I mean, we, we, ju- we just said a, a minute ago talking about riding the wave. Uh, but how, how, how are you feeling, Stu? I mean, you must be feeling fantastic still.
2: First time beating them in our lifetime. Not just beating them, humiliating them, smashing them to pieces. Um, it's you drink yourself to sleep many times watching Wolves, drinking yourself into happiness and it not ending, and then having to take you, your son to swimming lesson and sit in a very, very humid situation for. Half an hour, trying to sweat it all out. It doesn't even matter. It's absolutely fine, because it's days like these. Like we had them year, like when we beat Man United under the first time we got promoted in two thousand and three four, and that was oh, it's finally we finally done something. And then obviously it all went tits up. And then under Mick, and it was like oh, we we'll beat we'll be Chelsea or whatever. and whatever. Then Spurs away, and then you come to the Liverpool, and you think oh yeah, we we beat them at Anfield a couple of times. But to not beat him in the league since 1981 was a bit ridiculous, and it was borderline Huddersfield. And now it's finally been done with. Okay. And in that style, it's it's glorious times. And the fact that all the we'll come on to it later, all the stuff that's gone on since, and the hit and Klopp being a little baby again, it just it just adds fuel to the
1: excellent fire that we've
2: got. It's amazing.
1: Couldn't have put it better myself. I mean, Luke. Uh, I know you you watched it from home, but it was it was enjoyable. How did, how did you find the atmosphere? Because it felt like we were, you know, everyone was more pumped up and there was more feeling and, and belief that we could get something out of that game. It felt like a proper Wolves game to me yesterday. 3pm kickoff,
0: underdogs, you know, the, the, the crowd were behind the team. Um, second half, I know Liverpool started well, but... I do feel the fans inside the ground let them down slightly for the first 15 minutes because it was quiet. It reminded me very much so of Villa away, where the fans were absolutely superb in the first half, second half, went a bit quiet. Um, But, you know, got ourselves together, got behind the boys again. The Steve Ball started it, may I add. Got the third goal and happy days again. You know, it's... (sighs) It felt like Wolves were back. It felt like a it felt like a proper game of football yesterday, and I mean, like I mentioned earlier, to me that is what Wolves is about. Three PM on a Saturday, Wolves at home. I, I, I just feel that's because of I mean, especially our generation, what we're accustomed to is three PM on a Saturday. You know, when we was growing up, we never played on a Sunday, play on a <laughs> Tuesday maybe, but we never played Sundays or. Friday evenings or, or whatever because we were shit so we always played a big park. so it just felt proper it felt wolves yesterday
1: And How about you Pricey how, how are you doing today after the uh, euphoric uh, achievements of yesterday
3: I am I am still euphoric, I'm still on, on a high i am been blowing up balloons all night for my daughter's birthday tomorrow so I'm, I'm feeling high as a kite at the minute but um, yeah, um, I can only echo what the guys have said. To be honest, I mean, right from the get go. So we've talked. There's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, online for the past week or so about, about atmosphere and you know what com- what comes first. That in chicken, this chicken on egg scenario, do the fans chant for the team, or should the team play well for the fans to start chanting? Well, you know, yesterday we got we got a bit of evidence of both. Really, we had you know the, the, the change up a bit pre-game for the, the the music. We they took all all the grime stuff away and replaced it with led zepp and uh no goal music hmm. and um the team got off to you know team did their bit right from the get go you know they were straight on they were on it straight away and as Luke said, it's back i think it's back to like the days of like about you know about 4 5 seasons ago first first year under noon, you know now it was fans behind and right since since minute since minute 1 um <laughs> Sorry, I was, laugh- I was laughing at uh, Hungry Like the Wolves co- comments there. I'm assuming he's referring to Luke. <laughs> but, being like to dad. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, the yeah, the fans were all on the team from from minute one. It was and it was great. Um it's been a long time coming. That, that sort of performance and the atmosphere as well. That was like a proper Nuno first season back in the, in the Premier League days. And To be honest, I must admit a bit of ignorance here. I didn't realise it had been so long since we beat Liverpool at home, top flight. I knew it was a while, but I only thought it was like, you know, 10 years or something. I didn't realise, was it really, really 1981? Yeah, we've
2: never yeah. beaten in the Premier League era. Because see, it was when I thought That's when I, I when I mentioned it in the group chat on I think it was Thursday or Friday last week, I was thinking I can't remember us like we've we've beat one of the others at least once out of in our third, three attempts of at being a Premier League club. Liverpool always seemed to be the like, like Arsenal. We hadn't beat Arsenal at, at home in the, in the top flight for years until we did it in lockdown, um, which obviously we couldn't experience, bastard COVID. But the The Liverpool one was like it was a proper it was annoying because we'd done them at their place twice, um, once in the league and once in the cup, um, but never in the Premier League. So it's it's another one to tick off now.
1: Yep, totally. I mean, talking about the game, uh start with the lineups. What did you think, Stu? When when you saw the lineups, how did you how do you feel that we'd set up? Because obviously, you know, we probably expected Daniel Pedence to be involved. Surprisingly, you know, Hugo Bueno's dropped out to the bench. So, what, what did you? What was your first thoughts when you saw the lineup? Um, it's
2: a weird one because I, I thought at first, oh, well, it's it's obviously four three three. I don't think uh, why we think any different because that's kind of what he's gone with, and obviously we thinking with Kunyu through the middle and Sarabia and Huang wide, and then it was kind of not like that. It was really strange. Um, I think looking at it, I, thought, I felt a bit solid for Collins because it, 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 we, we talked about it before. It, it was going to be one of one or the other who dropped to the bench mm. um, between him and Kilman. You could argue for both. You could probably on the, on the plus side. You could either. You can't say well, hard done by because they have neither of them have been as quality as we know they can be. And Ait Nuri was a surprise over Bueno because Bueno has been absolutely solid. But other than that. I thought, oh, it's 4-3-3 and nothing else. Yeah, I, I think so. And
1: I think, uh, you know, it, it's nice to have these good players where we can rotate, rotate in and, and have players to play in, in the same position and and come in and do just as well as the person that they're replacing. I think that's huge for us at the moment. I mean, looking at that, Luke, do you think that's our strongest midfield at the moment, with Lamina, Neves and Nunes?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mentioned it on the preview. That was the midfield three that, that I would have gone with personally. Um, and, and I mentioned if we win that midfield battle, we win the game. And that midfield three is our first choice. Strongest midfield three, without a, a shadow of a doubt. I feel they work well together within the roles. I feel they really complement each other as well. Um Allows Neves to get a bit more forward, which obviously proved... Proved quite sort of useful, um, and I, I mean, looking at that midfield three. Me personally, you know, I'll look at even like Tottenham's central midfield options, and I'll take half of it. I Yeah, think i agree with you. You, you look at you look at the midfield three of Liverpool yesterday. Yeah, Thiago, absolutely fantastic footballer, but again, week in week out, I would take our midfield three over the three they played yesterday in the in the middle of the park. Um, and we won the battle and ultimately won the game.
1: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. That was the main thing we needed to do yesterday. I think that's the main thing that, that under Lopetegui that we tried to do is dominate these areas, especially through the midfield. I mean, look, looking at their team, Pricey, I mean, they say they've got an injury crisis. But really, you you, you look at that team, You maybe only Henderson comes in for uh, Bacetic and Virgil van Dijk. Do you, do you think that they've kind of got a leg to stand on when when they're talking about an injury crisis at Liverpool, or is it diversionary tactics from uh, Mr. Klopp again?
3: I mean, he's a fan, isn't he, Klopp? To be honest. <laughs> but, uh, do you know what? I used to like Klopp when he first come over. I, I might be like on my own with this one, but I, I used to. I think he was a breath of fresh air when he first come over. But over the last few years, he's like anytime anything doesn't go his way, he's just he just turns into a bit of a fan. He's like, he's finding excuses under the sun, isn't he? There's too much of a prevailing wind. So that's why we lost. Or, you know, there's, there's some issue. But injury crisis, I mean, I don't know. Who's it? Like, up front, I mean, he's probably missing like, Diaz, Jota, isn't he? I guess. I mean, I mean, probably Firmino, I think. I mean, but look who he's still fielding. He's still fielding Salah, Gappo and Nunes. That's How,
0: so. how much... How much did those three cost in transfer fees?
3: Well, Nunez was what about eighty? Was he?
0: Well,
2: yeah, I was.
3: Or, 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 or have I overshot that? But he was a lot. Gakpo was about what? He was about thirty. something Salah was something similar.
0: So what? So... One hundred and forty mil, just on the front three, and the one mm. I'm about an injury crisis. I am sorry, mm. but I don't buy that excuse from these big six clubs. Um, the amount of money they receive each year, sort of commercially, sponsorship, everything, they should have enough to be able to acquire 25 players to form a squad to use over a 38-game Premier League season. Now, I understand every team sort of, you know, you you do need an element of luck in regards to suspensions and, and injuries. But when your front three costs 140 million, give or take, don't come crying about an injury crisis. You know, Robertson, Champions League winner. Alexander Arnold, Champions League winner. Alisson, Brazilian international. Gomez was in and around the England squad before he, he got his knee injuries. Matip, he is international. Um, the Thiago, you know what I mean? From PSG. It's a Champions League experience. Yes, I've got one young lad in the middle of the park, um, but it's it's a piss poor excuse. You know, I mean, the, the, these big teams, the, they should have enough about them to be able to get a squad of twenty five players to be able to compete mm-hmm. and beat every single week clubs like Wolves, Crystal Palace. Not in we've the
3: we've we've got a squad now after a summer. That summer, winter supermarket sweep. You know, we've got a, a squad now. When you look at our, our squad there, we've got options. We've got options now. And yeah, you know, taking likes to use them. Subs are happening now at like 55, 59 minutes, certainly before the hour. And like we've got like any options there, we've got like three options straight away for up front with Jimenez, Prudence, and Traore. And then we can change it uh, in midfield as well by getting by bringing Matinho on, which obviously we did. To, to our benefit yesterday But I mean Obviously Dawson was always going to come in That was a given It was just a case of who was going to drop out And obviously you can argue the toss either way you probably probably argue that Collins as good as he's been Has probably made more mistakes this season Than, than Kilman you could, you could break it down And, and you know Make the case for either, but I'll probably say that's for me that was the right decision for keeping it as keeping Kilman in. And I it, to be fair to him whenever he's come on off the bench this season, he's made positive impacts. Yeah, um, I mean, right. Ryan ate bail sometimes, hasn't he? When he's come on and had been playing well. Um, I mean, and Sarabia, as we said in our, in our chat group, you know, is, he, had, he was quite lively and he could be a potential snip at what four and a half mil to come in. So, but yeah, the main thing for me is when you look at that, we've we've got a squad now. I mean, remember the, the days of not being able to field a full bench worth of players or having like Wolves' children on the bench <laughs> yeah. because we literally have like, we've got nothing to put on there. But now we've got options all over. We can change it how, how we want, both in, both through, through all parts of the pitch. And that's, that's just exactly what Lopetegui would have wanted and probably one of his key um, Conditions for get for getting the job, you know, we've had to go out and do, and make our squad uh, much more competitive than what it was previously under the PE teachers and large. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly,
2: the um, the five subs rule has probably now worked massively in our favour mm. because, like hungry, like the Wall in one of them comments there, eight nuri could never last more than an hour <laughs> under large, <laughs> and the fitness levels were at- atrocious. And obviously it's going to take time and you can still see it with some of them. They're still getting up to speed even after the mini winter preseason and having what nearly two months with the fitness and conditioning coaches that we've got now in charge. It's going to take a while, but now we've got the, we've got options on the bench rather than children and two keepers. We can play with the big boys and it's working. And for you know, me, more than anyone shock was skeptical of these things. And obviously oh, it's, It's all for the big clubs and no one else is going to benefit. But actually, when you've got a properly run club who's got a squad rather than 12 players, it's great. Because it's been a squad game for years, but it's never been able to be fully utilised. And now it can be. I think it's even
0: more of a squad game now with the five subs because you can see from a tactical point of view within the game, there's actually games within the game. And sort of like, let's take the, the final 30 minutes... Of a game now, you have to look at that like a, a different game, um, because you you have got the options now to change your shape as as well as your personnel, and you can also you can probably make changes to to your shape via personnel twice a game now because you can use a double sub, maybe say after sixty minutes, another double sub after seventy five, and then just bring one on after ninety three, just to waste a bit of time.
3: Makes um, say very Americanized, doesn't it? Yeah, to the, the final quarter when to bring on the defense.
0: Yeah, but I think that's how you have to look at the game though, right and I think a lot of coaches do. They'll they'll break the game down into maybe three thirds, um, and, and play it that way.
2: Well, it it was almost like when during the lockdown season, when we had the water break halfway through, so we did have four quarters and mm. coaches and managers were they were doing it, weren't they? They were they were planning quarters of games. And went went to press and like we'll have the first quarter of the like the first half, the first half, and then this the first half, of the second half we're gonna be intense. and then we're doing it that way. And now you've got all these options. I actually I've watched more football this season under this whole new magical mystery tour world of five subs than I have for years. and it's fascinating because you do yeah. get you do get different stories, like you said, you do get the stories. And from a tactical point of view when you've got dross games like you did on Friday night, Chelsea, Fulham. You can still, you've still got something to think. Oh, okay. What can they do here? They didn't do it, obviously. But (laughs) you can still. There's still something there to base base your thoughts on. It's been a a wondrous invention, maybe through through accident or not.
3: It it works both ways for players, doesn't it? As well, because some of them are coming off earlier than probably normal. But then the guys on the bench are getting much more minutes than you would do normally. So Uh, I think.
0: I think it will allow um clubs to bring more young players through as well and give the young players more minutes because instead of thinking, Oh, okay, well we've got this eighteen year old lad, he hasn't made his debut yet, but we've only got one sub left because we can only make three, you know, now you can make
1: two extra. You know, you've got more chance of getting minutes. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it's, it's good. It's it's good yeah. and, and, and if and we've seen it with Hodge and with Bueno and people. They've had opportunities. And there's one thing that we've had as a football club as in terms of Wolves is we haven't been able to develop these youngsters, mm. you know, since the likes of Lescott come through. And, and, you know, we had Keane as well in the like the late, late 90s. We haven't really brought players through. You know, we, we've had players, Mark Davis, um, probably one of them who should have developed more at the football club. But we've never really had like this sort of like... Uh, belt of, of players coming through, and hopefully now we can we can start to develop it as a football club. I mean, talking about the game yesterday. I mean, you, you alluded to it earlier, Stu, about the formation being a little bit different. Um, Matias Nunes essentially playing left left winger or left left midfield, depending on on uh, on your preference, I suppose. Do you think Do you think that was a, a tactical masterclass? Because he 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 seemed to pin. Trent back for the, for the whole game. He just wasn't involved.
2: Yeah. Well, Trent is shit anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> he's a he's a, a failed winger playing somewhere where he's been masked by his, his ineptitude by two world-class, well, before this season, world-class defenders. And we've all said on here about, about Matthias being not the best when he hasn't played in his actual position. But again... You look at what Lopetegui's done there, and you are right, Jovo. He didn't get anywhere, did he? He couldn't get out, and it's it's not like It, it wasn't even a case of "I'll oh, take one for the team, sacrifice yourself, just play the man, mark him to hell." It wasn't though. It, it was very clever, and again, a side of his game I didn't think he had. It was more of a, it was more of like a putting like a, a George Savile, <laughs> and kind of. Squashing his game, but at the same time, look what he did in the cup game against us at Anfield, where he had one touch in a wonderful crossfield ball that Nunez didn't manage to mess up. He's got that quality in him from a delivery point of view. So, if you stop the delivery point, they've got hardly anything Consider which, regardless of the money they've spent, he's really odd. But again, fair play. It wasn't a 4 4 2, but it was called like it's almost like a 4 4 four three three shackle <laughs> in a way um and he just played it perfectly
1: yeah I think I think so and it, it meant that huang probably played in a slightly different place as well I mean he picked up on the um on the right hand side I mean in for the goal for the first goal Luke um I mean that ball from Sarabi is brilliant but what did you make of huang in that do you think what do you think of his movement like in the way that he he was able to force that error
0: yeah, I think it was, it was good to see him playing on the shoulder of the defender, to be fair. I mean, it's good to see anybody in know world <laughs> playing on the shoulder of a defender because we haven't seen that for about two or three seasons now. Um, good movement and, you know, it, it wasn't the best strike slash cross in the world. But sometimes, just get it into the danger zone and something may happen. Who knows? Maybe it'll hit the defender's leg and go in. <laughs> which fortunately happened. I, do you know what? Even though his afternoon was cut short, I didn't actually think Wang played too bad yesterday. No, he was good. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Oh, it was... even I'm saying that as well.
3: <laughs> his biggest fan. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh,
0: not good minutes for him because he's picked up a hamstring injury, which he's probably going to keep him out for about six weeks. But good from you know. I've been a doubter of Wang, and you know, I'm sure price has as well. Um, but it's good to see that. There is a player there and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that he's picked up the injury now, but for the, the, how long was he on, 30, 35 minutes or something, he had a he had a decent decent run out. Well, we yeah. we, could, we saw what he could do at the World Cup. I
2: mm. mean, you look at the, the performances he put in for career and you think, well, he never played like that for us, but again, he didn't get the chance to play that yeah. for us. He was either completely isolated or being asked to do something he couldn't do and when. When you let him run around and play to his strengths and press people, and be a pain in the ass, he was great. Yeah, and I think you could see everyone's as soon as he did it, everyone's reaction straight to him. Like it, it happened last season when he got his, he got injured and then it took him half a year to get back to that same form. Hopefully, that's not the same case now because we've got people in charge of medical who know what they're doing. But he's, I think, he's work rate. If you take away the the, the Newcastle thing. I don't think people would have been on, on his case as much. I think yeah that was a kind of thing of shared shared frustration and he was the bulk of it because it was his fuck up that <laughs> lost us the points. Yeah. Um okay. because up until then I thought he'd be, he he was kind of getting there. He he was he was proving people wrong. He was at least he, he never shirks, does he? He never he never backs out of anything. He's always putting himself in the, in harm's way <laughs> to his detriment and and yesterday he's unfortunately just done it by running down the wing
1: we had um, we had a couple of I know it was a home debut for Sarabia but a full debut for Craig Dawson um, and he marked it brilliantly in the only way that Craig Dawson can (laughs) that man Sarabia was involved again it was uh, nice to see somebody actually take a proper corner for once but yeah talk us through the goal goal pricey Uh, how did you you see it and uh, what did you think about Dawson's uh, finish
3: well I mean strikers would love to finish like that, to be honest. That was a, I mean, that was, that was a striker of a finish. I mean, that's literally like a proper English centre half. Just put your foot through it and like, give it some fucking well-eat and get it in the net. You know, um I mean, all to be honest, I mean, the, the goal was, was great. Well worked. I think um Kuhn, you put the, the cross in. I think Kilman had, Kilman had a, a headed effort, come back to Dawson and then Wallop and, He's he's just what we've been needed. We've got two good young centre halves in Kilman and Collins. Obviously, what Mm -hmm. we lose then is a a cool head. And Dawson is that cool, experienced head. You could just see it straight from the off. It just, it just. I mean, it 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 wasn't like um, like a Cody style leadership where he's like shouting, shouting, shouting constantly. But you could tell like he was. He was making sure that Kilmer was kept in line, the whole defence was in line, he's just talking, talking the defence through the game. I mean, he's what Elles Dawson is he 32 is he? 33. Probably. So, you know, he's he's someone who's right right for the here and there, someone to like guide guide our younger players through. And that that just shone through, to be honest. You could just you could just see. Um Ballon Dawson. I love that name. I, I saw that online yesterday. I love Ballon Dawson. Um but yeah, he's he's just what we've just just like Lamina is just what we've needed in midfield, Dawson is just what we've we've needed in defence. Someone who is a leader but also a good a good defender, you know. Um he had a great game. I, I mean he yeah. had one one pass, which I think he, he just gives straight to Gappo, which puts Salah in, which thankfully come to nothing. But other than that, you know, he's great home debut. Um so, yeah, brilliant, a brilliant debut for him. And hopefully, we, we we see more of that as the season goes on. I just Which wish he would have
0: kissed a Easter badge. <laughs> <Easter> badge.
1: <laughs> Imagine.
3: But also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to
0: give him credit for the, the yellow card that he got yesterday as well. Because <clears throat> that was a beautiful tactical fell. Beautiful.
3: There was, there was another one later on where he went to, I can't remember who was running through, but he went to grab him. And he's, I just might yeah. like, just flashed before my eyes. I was like, "No!" But then he knew straight away. He just took his hands off the play straight away, and I can't remember who it was now. But yeah, I mean, he, that was ta- the tactical yellow was like chef's kiss. But yeah, um, I thought I could just—I just saw it happening again at that sec- that moment. I think he was in the second half, wasn't it? But obviously, he needs to back out.
1: I mean, the man—the man we haven't talked about yet—and it's rather surprising me because he was fantastic yesterday. Is everyone's favourite Nintendo lover, Super Mario? <laughs> He was (laughs) imperious. He was incredible. Uh, How the hell did we buy this guy for so little money? It's like the same guy from Southampton, is it? Yeah. It it doesn't seem it, does it? Honestly,
2: like this guy, he covered so
1: much yesterday. He was incredible.
2: It's like like he's been possessed. (laughs) Because even when you go back to the Southampton days that... It was always one of them where you watched him and he was, he was so erratic that he had something about him, but you could see why he was at Southampton and then in mm. Fulham. Um, and I remember on one of the pods during the uh, window when, when he came in and it was like, well, if he's grown up a bit, he's going to be some player. <laughs> and he looks, he always had the, the technical ability, didn't he? He was always there. Breeze, he's, he's lost his head too much, and he, he faded in games. And yeah, we haven't had a massive sample size yet, but so far, he ain't for a foot wrong. And mm. he looks like he looks like we we could have easily spent fifty million on him. Mm. I mean, how, much, how much did United pay for Casemiro? Seven. And,
0: and
1: you, you look at <laughs> well, you look at Casemiro
0: is the, the best midfielder the world's ever seen. If you listen to frigging Sky Sports and all the red tops and that. yeah. No, obviously, I'm not.
2: I'm not comparing him to ability-wise, but the impact that he's had, and like the that thing with I said, like, Oh yeah, I, I saw the Brentford game and he told his agent oh, I'll go and sort it out. I think, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then you go and sort someone out around the neck yesterday. Well, well done.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: but the impact that I mean has had already, it's like every like I said a few weeks ago, everyone's game has been raised, everyone is putting their foot in. Like when we come on to when Martinho came on, he was getting stuck in. Mm-hmm. And again, that's obviously a thing of the five subs and he doesn't have to conserve energy for his, his middle-aged body anymore. But Lamina is something else. And what, for nine, 10 million quid? <laughs> yeah.
3: it's a... Well, my my, um, my mate said to me today that, um, you know, we bought him, he's what, he's 28, I think? And, like you know, late 20s. So we bought him for the here and there. We bought him for like... His peak of his powers. We We, bought, we haven't bought someone who's like 22, 23, who's you know still on the upper trajectory. We bought. We're going to get the best. I don't know, two or three years of Lamina's career out of him. now, Potentially. Um, and that's what's you know that's that's great for us. We don't. We don't. We haven't done that normally in the last few years. Walls. We've we've gone for the the younger player for the resale value. Well, we've you know, we've booked that trend with with Lamina. We've got someone who's obviously got quality. And we've get we bought him now to get us up the table straight away. not not an investment, he's just coming to just help the first team and you know, boy has he. Yes, he was just everywhere. I did see a comment earlier, like I think I saw someone put some point on the group on in in Twitter, like I'll come downstairs this morning and went to kick a ball and Lamina was there and tackled me. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was I, he was everywhere.
0: I feel like Lamina's going to be this era's uh remain safe. safe where when he when he when he's come in, no one's sort of singing from the rooftops. Oh, look, we've signed Mario Lamina, but he's got to turn out to be a real great addition to the squad. I think he'll become a fan's favourite. You know, he's not going to come turn out braces every week or 55 yard raking balls, but he's got to put his body on the line. He'll fight for the shirt. He'll give you 100% every week, blocks, challenges, tackles. Like say it's against Middlesbrough away when we went then to nine men, I can picture a similar image from (laughs) Lamina. and that's you know. So he's you know he's not a great fancy signing, but I think when we look back in four or five years' time, we'll be like, what a player Lamina was for the Wolves. And then you you look at his, and
2: say you look at his his interview with Gemma, and he said that it nearly happened four or five years ago, and that would have been it would have been to replace Alfred and Dye which was a controversial take, apparently, amongst some people. Golly. Do you think we haven't had someone like this for so long? And yet, obviously, Alfred and I, was a championship player. We were in the championship. That's the point. We didn't have the Premier League equivalent of that player until now. And now we have. But well, you can see the difference that it makes having someone. And he's not the fact that he's not just a snotter, he's not just a like, Lee Catamol, He's Not like that, he's got quality as well,
0: yeah. Yeah, he's tied
2: on
3: the ball, man. He must, he must be sir, sir, surely the first Gabonese player that Wolves have ever had,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, not, I'm not missing anyone from like the, the, the bygone years, am I? No, I
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't, but have um, so.
3: no, he's um, he's a star, but I mean, like, like Steve said, you know, it's just his early days, yeah. But um, turns so you know, off that performance yesterday, you know, that's that's as we said earlier, that's a midfield three now set up. Um, I mean, we've obviously bought quite a few midfielders recently in the last like six months. And I think that's probably within one eye to the future because there is a scenario at the end of the season where we lose all three of Matinho, Neves and Mateusz. But, um, uh, you know, like I said, a midfield set now for the rest of the season. That, that Neves... Mateus and Lamina, and I think as Luke said earlier, that that'll compete with the best of them. So happy days.
1: Yeah, bringing it back around to Mateus. He's probably the the part of the last major talking point in that first half. So raking ball coming over the top, Mateus runs at Matip, nips the ball off him. How the hell does he not score? This isn't the first time either. This been been like her away the as well, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, been her away. I mean. I suppose, you know, if he's going to add goals to his game, then he would have been worth £90 million and not what we paid for him. Um, obviously, yeah, you would like to see, to see him chipping with some goals, but as frustrating as it was, I think we'll let him off for that one-on-one yesterday because the rest of his game was absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah. 100%. And it's he's, he's, like you say, we've said over the last couple of like a month or so, Matthias Nunes now is becoming the Wolves player that we wanted him to become, you know, and he's been utilised and we can see his qualities a lot more. There's less pressure on him to do what Dendonka was doing in the last year or so of his time at Wolves and have all this running and try and cover ground. We don't need to do it. We don't need to chase games. We we, we need to be effective in the way we play football. Um, I mean, in, in general, I mean, Talking about the the game, Stu. Do you, do you feel like now how the players are? They feel depressed because of what we bought it. We've obviously got Joe Gomez who wasn't involved on the in the squad yesterday. Um, you've got the likes of Joe Hodge as well, Mutinho. Do you feel like there's a pressure now for him to perform as a, as a as a bunch of players?
2: Well, we've we've had three midfielders for four years. So, mm. um, and again. Like Liverpool, you just going back to that lineup, you look at that lineup, apart from the guy who I'm not even going to try and pronounce, a lot of that team have been together for four or five years, and it just looks stale. You can Mm -hmm. see it on the pitch, it looks stale. And what had happened to us, the whole midfield had gone stale. And now you look at it, we bought well, obviously, Matthias has been here all season, but played properly and given an actual (laughs) role and with a footballing god that is uh. Jelop, but we've got competition and we, we, we've got good competition. And no disrespect to Hodge and Conor Ronan and whatever, they're not in the same league yet. And in Conor Ronan's case, never will be. No. But oh, the, but be... you always need competition. We've we've said this for years that it was all right with the fluke of having fourteen players under Nuno and then never getting injured for two years. <laughs> that was that was ridiculous. It just it, it doesn't happen, does it? Um, We've needed this for so long, and now look what's happened in the space of the Man City game, where we didn't turn up at all. To fast forward two weeks later, we've now got Winfield reinforcements in, in, future in and future planning <laughs> in Yao Gomez. Did they get that? Did they get that guy to do that, or did You've someone to have. To have. <laughs> Because it, it was too close. It was too <laughs> close to be <laughs> to be a fake. But the fact that we've got like we've said before about copying the Brighton model or just being a sensible football club, having forward planning in Joe Gomez yeah. and having even in Bubakar, we haven't even talked about it today. Um, th- right then now. both of them being there n- next season in mind and Hodge being there for next season in mind as well. It all makes sense. We've got competition in midfield. We've got competition in defence. Potentially at keeper as well, which I thought Jose Saw was superb yesterday. No fuck ups at all, which yeah. is all we want. Mm, yeah, um yeah. at fullback as well. And you look at the difference that well when Dexter came in for one game at right back, Sameda's so been superb ever since. <laughs> and it, it's no surprise, is it? If you if you ain't gonna perform and you know you're still gonna get picked, you're not gonna perform. Yeah. It's Taylor's as, as time. And yeah. it's it's just wonderful to see.
1: Yeah, I mean um Moving on to sort of the, the second half of the game, Liverpool came back into it. Um, I mean, it was expected. Klopp must have gone in and, and had the sort of conversation at half time saying, Okay, he wanted more and wanted more under Lopetegui, I mean, we're, we're starting to see a little bit more resilience and a bit more about us as a, as a defensive unit. Were you quite impressed with it with how we we set ourselves up and how we how we dealt with that sort of pressure?
0: Majorly, I felt like we. If, if this game was sort of nine months ago, we would have crumbled. Do you know what, right? When you watch Wolves now, if you watch yesterday's game, we look like a, a team that are coached, that have structure, that have a playing style, that have a fucking clue. Whereas <laughs> under um, Bruno... That, no way would we have kept Liverpool out. And I, I honestly do, because fair play to Liverpool, they came out the second half and, and they put us under the cosh for a good 20 minutes. Um, but looking at the defence, the shape was good. It was solid. People's putting bodies on the line, you know, blocks, last ditch tackles. I thought it was kind of a game of two halves. I think the first half we, we really showed what we've got going forward. But the second half allowed us to show what we're about defensively as well. And if you want to come and score goals against this team now, you're going to have to either be really, really technically brilliant or tactically you're going to have to cut us open and that's not going to be easy to do, he says. Mm. (laughs) No, I think
2: you're right because I think it's more a case of we had the first half of the first half and they had the first half of the second half. As in the second half of the... (laughs) The, the second quarter of, of both halves, if you want to go that way again, um, kind of delved into much of a muchness, especially mm. in the first half. But I think it, it was definitely <laughs> a point to come out come at the blocks that we did, like we said earlier, with the atmosphere thing as well. Um, and then for that to be reversed and Liverpool to come out and it was like, oh no, we've seen this before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it was, a kind of, I think that was more to do with the atmosphere dropping a little bit than anything else, that we've been so awful for nearly I mean, a year uh, in this kind of situation where we know what's coming. Let's not sing and dance. Yeah, we might be 2-0 up or whatever, but it's Liverpool. They can still come back at us and we can still throw it away. And we needed something like this to prove that we're not shit anymore. <laughs> and now we've got we've got something to build on. And I think you can see, especially when we've come on to the last five minutes of the game, that wouldn't have happened. At all, under any, any performance under Bruno. But that it was taking the piss and whatever. Because people have belief again. And I think that's what it means. And then you come on to... The, uh, uh, jumping ahead, you come on to the third goal and... Delirium, I think is probably the best way to call it.
3: Doesn't count, does it? Yeah.
2: No.
1: That verse I was going to say is, is... it Talking about the goal that probably didn't count. Um We alluded to it earlier. Um, Mr. Huang got um, injured in the first half. On comes Adama Traore. I think we were all a little bit surprised that maybe it wasn't Daniel Pedence. but pricey. What, what? What's he done to Adama Traore? Because <laughs> that was not the same guy we've seen for the past year, couple of seasons.
3: I'm surprised. lyrical Dan- about him. Just,
1: just, just, just give, give us all the superlatives in the world. Gone.
3: Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't uh, Daniel rapper no either as well I mean, <laughs> rapper, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> um. well I mean this is the Traore that you know everyone wants to see, Is this is where like all the, the jigsaw pieces fit like the glove together you know he's, he just had everything didn't he um, he had the, the close control, the skill, the pace the heading ability and then most importantly the end product at the end, this is what like we. This is what makes him fearful for the, for the opponent for opponents. This is what if he played yesterday. How he plays if if he was to play that all the time, then that's when he wouldn't be at us. You know, he would have his wish, and he wants to play for a bigger team. But you know, at the minute, there probably isn't a team that he wants to. To play for that wants him because obviously what you often get with him is what we see you know all, all the time. But I always thought when like when had come in that we we would see more of a dharma than what we have to be honest because <clears throat> we all probably saw the videos when he first come in. Lopetegui gave his arms around Troy, giving him a lot of love because um, Chouaré probably wanted out again. But um, I've been a bit surprised. I thought like he'd always be. St- Laporte, would always be starting him, and he hasn't, has he? He's, he's kept him on the bench. He's kept him as the the impact sub, you know, mainly by and large. And yesterday was like a, a a reminder from Adama to everyone to say, you know, I I, sh- I should be considered worthy of a start in this team. Um, and he was he was great, you know that the for the third goal, you know, he, he had he yes he did have a very important role to play, but arguably, an even more important role was played by Matinho in, in in that third goal. Um, yeah, because when he came on, he was that was another great tactical sub by Lopetegui, sending Matinho on just as, against someone else at that point in the game to help control it. And he was Terrier like, you know, getting that ball back and setting the Dharma through, and then. I mean, you've got to give Neves credit. Neves is probably one of the slowest players on the pitch and he's just <laughs> steaming through the middle. And I think it's Tiago. Tiago, And I know he's, he's you know, not the fastest player in the world either. He's just as slow, but he's just watched him pass, and watched Neves just pass him by like a Ferrari passing a Skoda or something <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. And one, great, great, great pass from Adama. Two, great first touch from Neves. You know, I think, I think his first... T- I know the finish was on his left foot. I think his first touch was on his left foot as well, I think. So, fair fucks to everyone all around on that one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think with Thiago, I think it was more the case of, oh, it's Troy or Ray. We know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. He's going to to end up <laughs> in row ZZ. Um, but, you know, it, it reminds me of there was a... When we signed him, uh, there was a, a quote from Tony Pulis and he was saying, yeah, we had to tell him to slow down when he went to a conditioning coach or something and because he was too fast for everyone else and he had to slow down and think he did that yesterday And it's very fleeting and that's why he's so fucking annoying because we know he can do this (laughs) but it's so it's almost like he needs to be told over and over again and if this is what it takes then great bring it this is what he was like with Raul in that their purple period of six months when he he made the correct choice and didn't fuck it up and yesterday, over and over again, even jumping for headers, he jumped for the right ones. <laughs> like there was some way he was deliberately playing into the thing of being shoved in the back, which he wasn't, but he was playing into it. And obviously, we're not going to get anything against them, lot. Oh. but he was doing it rather than just, just doing it before he on the floor. He was doing things properly, like he'd been told the game plan and he was executing it perfectly. And obviously, I didn't get excited when he got the ball. Because I, I've said this before. No, it was yeah, even more, it, 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 well, yeah. It was even more of a shock that he, when he did it, I thought, oh, absolutely fair play to you. And I mean, fun, I mean. uh, he, yeah. he was, if you take away Dawson and Lamina, he was one of the best players on the pitch when he came on, yeah. because he, he did what we know he can do, and he, he was superb. I thought,
3: by the way, that, um, that 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 that. Rap- faced Iron Brewer, Robertson.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Because <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't stand Robertson. And he was doing that, with pushing the back of the Dharma all, all game long when the Dharma was on. And um, you could tell the Dharma was kind of playing for it. There's no way, there is no way <laughs> that Andy Robertson is pushing the Dharma trail right anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, i was delighted, delighted at the end.
1: But uh, Neves obviously put the ball in the back of the net and did his trademark yeah. celebration. Marcus Rashford get in the bin. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you, what did you think guys think about that? Because obviously you know we, we all know it's his celebration, but the point to the chest to say this is mine. That was that kind of surprised me because I didn't I didn't expect it. But what, but what, what it, were we thinking about that? It must be frustrating
0: because as frustrated as we get with the big six getting all the column inches and all the airtime on BT, Sky Sports News, whatever. As a footballer, it must be frustrating because if it was me, I'd be sitting there thinking, hold on a minute, you cheeky pricks. I've been doing this for <laughs> three or four years. This <laughs> dickhead <laughs> does it once and you start giving him the Rashford celebration. No. So it must be frustrating. So I bet he was buzzing and he, he sent the message. It's fucking mine." So make sure in your next article you get it right, you daft prick.
3: I, I, I that, was I was frustrated for him, you know, when the Athletic dedicated a whole article oh, on saying athletic. like what this Marcus Rashford celebration and what it means. I was like, old fucking phone for a minute, right? I've written by Tim athletic. Spears as
2: well. Wasn't
3: it? No, it was it uh, <laughs> was some randomer, some probably yeah. United you know, lover. I was like, hold on, hold the phone a minute, you know, paid 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 um, article on the athletic and you don't even know some other guy high profile exactly. players who do it for last five years.
0: Idiots man.
2: The, the Idiots. best thing about all that was the fact that there was United fans as soon as all this started, there was United fans saying that's not Rashford's. <laughs> like it's what? it's it's not like Nevers is like a secret. Didn't <sighs> you do it when he scored against Everton on his Premier League debut? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well and he's been. He was doing it in the championship when we were the best. Still, the best team that's ever played in that league, and he was one. Of, he was one of the, the stars of the season. We got, well, even though Ryan Sessing was better, obviously. But um, <laughs> well, everyone knows the story about the, that. He's from. It's a PLO tribute. He's, yeah. He said it over and over again, so it's not even his anyway. But in in this era, it is, and the whole thing was just a joke. And well, did rightly so.
0: Did Perlow do the celebration, or did Perlow just say? The Quote
2: He did it a few times in the, like did. towards the end of his career. In the, like, you look at Pirlo, Pirlo Point, Pierlo and like the first thing that comes up is like 2015, some Italian Cup in 2015. Looking at the badge on the sleeve, mm. it actually does say 2015, that's not my being kitten on to again. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he, um, <laughs> so he, he, it's clearly an inspiration from that, but everyone knows it is, he's been doing yeah. it for for five, six years here in this country, and for them not to to wank off Rashford over it for because he went through some trouble. No. <laughs> it might it might mean something different, but the act of pointing to your head with a finger
1: is what Never has brought to this country. No one else. Yeah. No, bang bang. 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 Couldn't couldn't put it better, Stu. I mean, there's a, there's one negative point. There's, and then, and I, I hate to focus on negatives after such a brilliant performance. But the one negative is, Roll Jimenez doesn't put that chance away to make it four nil. How the hell can he get that so wrong? Once again, Adama we with waxed lyrical about him. He plays really well. In this game, and and, and, you know it's a fantastic ball to roll, but how does he mess this chance up so badly?
0: I don't even want to talk about it. To be fair, because I'm fed up of speaking about Raul. people start to think it's an agenda I've got against him. Hey,
3: Luke, Luke, if you keep if you keep if you keep it up with criticism, you won't won't get your hair cut at uh, you know who's place. (laughs) 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 a <laughs> <I'm talking
0: anyway. laughs> <Really> pop star <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I remember but there was, there was an effort yeah before or before, before that, he literally you know I know what he was trying to do he was trying like an eight of the right. Foot spectacular for about 20 ish yards, and he just banjoed it like it didn't. There was no bend on it at all, You hit it in a straight line. It just went flying off into like S2 or SL2 in the South Bank. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know Mateus was calling for the ball when Adam was running clean through. Mateus wanted it, and he didn't. He slotted in him and and you're thinking, here we go, just uh, just a good finish here. That's all we want. Just, I don't know, slide under the keeper, bait, whatever. In the end. As he tried, and, and this, as he tried, as the balls come in to him from the right, as he tried to chip it over the keeper, or yeah. you know, like because I, I watched it back and I'm like, you've ended up just doing nothing at all here. You've not, you've just, you've literally just done nothing. There was not even like his, his boot didn't even look like he was trying to chip it. He just, his boot just there, just 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 touched <laughs> the ball, and like a little tiny little sandwich wedge chip. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Like I don't even know what that was. I could have done that. What he just did. I'm shit at football. I'm like, <laughs> so I was just confused. I just didn't even know what he was trying to attempt to do. But you know, add it to the list of you know things. we just, I'm just baffled by him at the minute.
2: You want, you want one thing or another when you look at the, a couple of the, the save that saw made in the first half didn't, that didn't um, um, we didn't even mention. There was, or to start the second half,
0: we didn't even mention that was, yeah. He put his body in the way. It was a great save, big save. That was a that was probably a game-winning save. That was because if they would have scored from that, it would have been a completely different game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing where
2: just give the just give the keeper something to do. Even if he just blasted it at him, which is more than likely what would have happened, then fine because it's going to come out and you got a chance of the rebound. But trying to do something so ridiculous like that when you're so out of form and you're clearly (laughs) not all there anymore. It's just unacceptable. I don't know why he still gets a chance. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, You've got a party cheerleader over there, Mr Costa, who's. you look at the, the training videos and he's just, he looks as fit as anyone else. Mm. Obviously, he can't be trusted in big games like that because he gets sent off. But the point is, it's like anyone would have done it better than him. And like Luke said about um, when he was slagging off John Hartson for, on Soccer AM the other week. Oh, and, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But John Hartson had brain injuries, same as Raoul. And I've said it before, it's not his fault. But he's not the same person. He's not the same player. So we can't expect him to do it. So I don't see why he's keep getting these chances when over and over again he's letting us down. Because if that say if say if that would be two 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 one or two two and we'd end up losing the game because
0: of him fucking about again. Exactly. Mm. He can't be trusted with the minutes. I'm sorry, but he cannot be trusted with the minutes. It's as simple as that now. I'm not even going to say he played bad yesterday because when he came on, I thought, come on then, Raul, do something like this is your opportunity to try and just hold the ball up, maybe win a couple of fells on the halfway line, relieve some pressure. But when you're coming on and you're doing finishes like that. You can't be trusted with the minutes. It's not like he's on the back of eight or nine goals this season to to, to be trying finishes like that. Like, it, I'm done with him. I'm, it's not even I'm, things like
2: things like this as well, which are annoying. He he almost died for us. No, he didn't die for us. He got hit in the head by David Luiz. He's not he's not throwing himself into into gunfire. Is he?
0: So <laughs> shall we still give him ninety minutes every week just yeah, because, because of? It's a horrific injury, and we wouldn't wish it on anybody. So I don't understand the point of that comment. It's not like we're wishing. Oh yes, we're glad he got the injury. Makes no sense. We wouldn't wish that on anybody. But just because he got the injury doesn't mean that he's still deserving of the minutes when he's not performing. Yeah, and it's not a it's not a a lack of everyone
2: respects what he did here. Of course, but it's it's almost like saying, "Oh well, yeah, Mike Stell got his jaw broken by Eric Young in nineteen ninety six. We should be playing him in goal now." It's stupid. It's,
3: oh, we we'll played Broken wrist.
2: Well, exactly. He <laughs> should. He, it's. It doesn't make. It doesn't. It's. It's no logic to the argument. He's not. He's a professional footballer. It's not Make a Wish Foundation, like I've said before. I think he let I him think... go to America. Let him do whatever he wants. Football. But he can't. Be, he, can't it's, be, it's, he can't be. He can't be relied upon to score goals, which he's always paid for. And he can't be relied upon to do anything else because he's not the same player that he was. It's no fault of his. It's no fault of ours.
0: It's just the way it is. If
1: any yeah. of us was football. nearly
0: died for our employer, and, and our performances at work were slipping, sort of 18, to, 18 months two years on,
3: you're not going to get the sympathy. That they're going to dismiss you. Yeah? yeah. The thing is, like football, it's it's a brutal industry, right? So we all know what happened. We all know what's, what's happened to him previously. But can you imagine what um, criticism the club would get if you persevere? If you if you if you play well, ninety minutes every week. And he's missing chance after chance, or just not putting in the effort, right? Then what happens? What happens if <laughs> See you that get relegated? Look-
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, Ian, off you go, mate. Um, like you know, we we'd have the, the football management side of the of t- the club would have like hell to pay for, and loads of questions. If you persevere with playing like a non-scoring striker up front, on the back of you know what, what's happened previously, football's a brutal industry. Players. Ditch clubs at a minute's notice, you know. Clubs get rid of players at a minute's notice, blah blah blah. It just—it's just the way it is, unfortunately. And you know, we—we will—he, we, we, we'll I'm sure that in the summer, right? Hit, I think he'll probably leave. To be honest, I think he'll probably move on. And Whether that's a his win his win decision, decision whatever.
0: Yeah. a win-win for everybody, he can go to the MLS or back to Mexico or wherever he wishes to go. You know, he can he can retire in a s- certainly nicer climate than Wolverhampton. He can spend more time with his young family, which, as a man of his age in his early thirties with such a young family, that's an absolutely fantastic thing to do. Fantastic opportunity. He'll get more minutes of football at a club at a lower level of league. He'll hopefully start scoring goals again so everybody wins but I think me personally and I'm sorry if this offends Ian if he's still listening but probably not just because he he got injured yes it was horrific everybody understands that but it doesn't mean that if he's not performing he he shouldn't be given the minutes because his performances for performances are not justifying the minutes that he's getting at the moment and mm. as far as I'm concerned it's as simple as that
1: yeah, no, I mean, Wolves, like him. Wolves have supported him. Now, I must make that point. Just, just I know we've laughed about what, what people are saying in the comments, but Wolves have supported him. They put him through the surgery. They made sure that he had the support. You know, um, Danielle had the support as well, his wife and his family, and they've helped him through. And there's a lot more that's gone on behind the scenes, especially mm-hmm. to help him through with his mental health as well and the things that have changed for him. So we make no light joke about that. And I, I, I get, I get upset when I read things like that from Ian. To say that we're, we're joking about it, we're not. We want the best for to Wanderers Football Club. You know, and we may be just a bunch of fans, but he's had the support, and he will continue to have the support. And it and comes the other side of it is the game and what he's put on the pitch. You
0: the know what? The support for him when he came on was absolutely fantastic as yeah. well from the fans. I will say changes. that absolutely fantastic. When he came on and started ch- chanting his name, yeah, and no
2: one, no one will ever attack him on when he's on the pitch, and yeah. and rightly so. But let's let's a, a bit around the bush here. This happened a long time ago. Now he had all of last season as well when he didn't come back to what he what he used to be. It's it's not like oh this ha- this happened last October. It's you know what I mean. It's it's a long time ago now. It happened to him. He's had enough. He's had a whole season and a bit now under three managers. <laughs> Effectively, yeah, he, he didn't play on them, but whatever. But he was still there. But he still had the time to get back to where he was. And it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true. And you look at it and he almost now needs, let's just, I can't wait for another summer to come where everyone just needs it to end because it it's dragging on and on and on. And you look at Nuno won a cup last week or the week before, the amount of stick I gave that bloke, <laughs> and I suppose, I suppose he's going to come back and, oh, we should never criticise Nuno or what he did for us. Yeah. Look where we look where we were. Um, mm-hmm. But that had to end. It had to end when it did. And it was probably half a year too late, a year too late when it did happen.
1: Yeah.
2: But I'm happy for the guy. He, he he had a bad time at Spurs. Didn't work for him there. He went away. He'd gone to the Middle East, whatever. Everyone kind of smirk and laugh, but he's won a trophy and he yeah. looks happy and he looks he looks healthy again and good for him. I've got my Nuno Christmas card from a couple of years ago. I'm never chucking it out. Time's a hero in these kind of things. Yes. I lo- for what he did for us, I love him, I love him forever. And every when, if he ever comes back to Molineux, he's going to get a as welcome and rightly so. Same as Mick McCarthy does every time he comes back. Raul Jimenez mm-hmm. needs to go away at the end of this season, sever toys, and come back in a few years with a proper hero's welcome, and he'll deserve it. Yeah,
1: well said. Well, it's perfectly said, Stu. I think it's best we move swiftly on from this subject, because I think we'll get stuck into it a little bit more. There's one major talking point that we want to talk about from the game yesterday, and that is the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that we heard mm-hmm. Ola is down at Molyneux? I mean, well, I, I, I want to hear from all of you on this one, to be honest, because... It was a great feeling to actually hear that and hear the fans enjoying enjoying the performance as much as they did. It was.
2: when I was just saying about the new no days. It was like that Man United the Man United Cup game, where I actually like welled up with emotion that it was almost too much. Like when in the last five minutes of that, where we were so dominant, we were clear we were going to Wembley in the semis, regardless of what happened. We didn't know at the time. It was it was one of those moments where it was so much. And it wasn't so much the OLA's; it was the stand, the impromptu standing ovation from all four half stands, out of nowhere. I've never seen that ever before for the for something like that, where other than someone being substituted and who de- deserves a standing ovation for the whole stadium to get on their feet and, and applaud a period of play like that. And I think it was obviously the whole game altogether as well. It was mag- it was magical, and I hope that. I presume they will do. The wolves will put the video out properly with proper sound because there's a few fan ones going around and it doesn't it doesn't show how loud it was mm. and the impact that it had. And to them be full time boards on that as well. It was it was an incredible moment and we haven't had that for years. I
0: felt it was a perfect way to yeah. to end the game thought it was really fitting, a really fitting way to end the game. And after putting in a performance such as that, I feel like the the players deserved to end the game that way. And, I mean, you all know how I feel about the big six. To see them have the piss taken out of them is absolutely fantastic by, by little old wolves. You know what I mean? Um, it's... You just can't beat it, can you? Little old <laughs> balls, three o'clock on a Saturday. The big boys are in town and we are all laying you back on back on the M6 up north.
3: Do you know what? Um it was great because they, that Liverpool just looked broken. Just like just like <laughs> just, just like what they've done to the seats in the South Bank, broke uh, the South Bank, the steep ball, broken. Um they just looked just shattered, like the spine was broken in Liverpool and they just they could even be asked to like even do like a token jog of a close down. We were just like yeah. Kilman and Dawson, were just like had about six passes between themselves backwards and forwards. brilliant. And that the main thing about the that ovation was the spontaneity of it. It was just like with what like what a result. First time in you know, like say like 40 years we beat him at home in the league or whatever. Um, the manner in which we beat him, just everything, just it's just just like a culmination of like just a great 90 minutes. And an appreciation as well. I think for like what Lopateg has done with the team in his short time with us, it was just like a culmination of all those, all those things together. Great moment. Put it on the end of season DVD. <laughs> feel, you
0: like you said, a culmination, just to sort of emphasise, we're fucking back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the wolves are back.
0: It, it feels like we're back as well. It, it feels like early noon nowadays, but. We've, we've a bit of added extra spice and season because we've got better players now. And with respect to Nuno, if I'm allowed to say this without being slated in the comments, I feel like Laporteig is a better manager as well.
2: well. He's the best manager we've ever had in our, our entire history. From we said this what? when he was appointed. From... Well, are you allowed
0: to say anything because that's negative to Nuno, Stu? Oh, fuck him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> say what we want, boy. <laughs> But
2: it's, you know, it, it's it's on, it, one of the best things I saw afterwards was the the um a clip on from uh, Soccer Saturday. the Ed Merson watching the game, and he he was getting irate that how Liverpool weren't trying and how they were being humiliated, and obviously <laughs> this is Merson who doesn't care about Liverpool at all, and it was pissing him off how much they were being destroyed by us. And it, so it's like, I'm sure the clip's still on Twitter unless they took it down. But it was, it was just glorious to see. Yeah. And the fact that if any club deserves to be taunted about victims, which is nothing to do with Hillsborough, before they even start. I mean, that was a disgrace. The fact that that came from a BBC journalist today saying that walls were singing about Hillsborough. I hope the cunt gets struck off seriously because it, it's absolutely. Abhorrent, it's nothing to do with that. It's about all the other bollocks that goes with Liverpool Football Club. All the stuff about nothing else to be said in the media about them smashing the seats up, which their club will have to pay for, you stupid dickheads. None of nothing will not be reported. And like there was Chelsea fans saying, oh, like jokingly saying, our oh, Chelsea were at Molyneux undercover, smashing it up for Liverpool. It's all the stuff that goes around that place. It's nothing to do with Hillsborough. Everyone hates you because you're bellend. Yeah. nothing else. <laughs> A I think the, uh,
3: the the South Bank even gave Liverpool fans a a rosy rendition of the national anthem as well, <laughs> part, <laughs> part way through the game,
1: um, I mean, to wrap wrap the game up. Um, let's go round. Okay, Stu, man of the match, Mario Lemina, easy. Luke, super Mario for me. You want to make it a full house, pricey?
3: Yeah, full house. Dawson close behind, but I mean, well, close, but second place. But I mean. Yeah, Lamina. Yeah, ran the show. Ran the
1: show. Yeah, I, I, I'll go. I'll go with that. I mean, Craig Dawson close second. Um, I think. I think we've got some Twitter corner questions. Um, are we, are we knocking around. Yeah.
2: Shall we just? <laughs> I forgot. We, we haven't even done it. We we'll just have a little quick, yeah. quick ad break before we. Get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that we'll, in. We'll be back in literally seven seconds for live people. Don't don't worry.
1: Perfect. Welcome back. I mean, we've done that a little bit late in the show, but we'll go, we'll, we'll get <laughs> round to it. Um, so, Twitter corner. We, we we love we love questions from, you know, uh, all of our fans and and all of the Wolves fans around the world. Um, if you do want to interact in the future, follow us on Wolves tw- on Twitter at Wolves Fancast. Um, so, f- first question that I want to want to get in there, Stu, What happened to? embarrass yourself by trying to kick a football through a hole in front of 30,000 people. What, where did the game go? Because where, 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 I know they've been trying to do it and no, no one's won it yet. Is it because the prize money's getting too high? or
2: It needs to be in the middle of the pitch as well. It can't be at the side. You need full embarrassment factor. You need someone falling over. because That's that's part of the funny that you're always, you always going to get people who, who sit near the front just because of the logistics of it all. And none of them are going to be athletic, are they? <laughs> um, but it, it's not made enough of, is it? Because it's oh, it's just part of the thing. Rather than a bit of build up to it, make them a bit, bit tense, put a bit of pressure on them. Then do it just before the teams come back out. That'll be better because everyone's <laughs> either going for a, everyone's either going for a, a, a lubrication break or to uh, to empty the tank after uh, before kick off. But the time you get back and you say, you miss it all anyway. So if you did it. Like two or three minutes tell them price. Just before just before the, the teams come back out, do it then. It can't be that hard to take a bit of <laughs> a post into the corner whether they live. Really, can it? I mean, that'd be my idea. And you you got more people more eyes on it, more pressure, more chance of humiliation.
1: Yeah. It's it's been a good laugh. Uh I mean we got we've got in one from um The ever so lovely and always level-minded, level-headed little Dan on Twitter as well. Um, Joe Moutinho, that was his, and he kind of went under the radar a little bit. It was his 200th 200th appearance for Wolves yesterday. So we go around uh, all year. What's your favourite Moutinho moment or moo moment, as Dan so lovingly put?
3: Mm, uh, I'm I think, going to Luke yeah. first, or I'll price you first. I've got price. Sorry, because it's popped into my head. Yes, yeah. the um, in his, I think in, in their first season back, that his goal at Old Trafford, is a uh, striker with his left foot. Um, I know he's, I know he has scored another one at Old Trafford since that meant we get we got more points that time round. But, um, yeah, that one I think we drew one-one, and he smacked it with left foot, top corner, delightful.
1: How about you, Luke? What what's your favourite Joel moment?
0: My favourite Mo moment is his winner at Old Trafford. It was just a fantastic day for me and you know, to top it off with a winner at Old Trafford. Great goal as well. So that's my favourite one.
1: And you, Stu. What's what's your favourite one? Seeing him sign
2: these contracts more than anything else. Um on the on the Wall of Legends. Um there, behind me. He's um the fact that we he turned up and <laughs> for so little money and has put in has played for us more than any other club in his life um like Paul instead in in the the end of his career as well where you look at the clubs he played for and then he, he rocks up here and you think oh he's going to be he'll be all right for a year or so but he's put his heart and soul into the place and and we were even talking about it earlier using him properly as he should have been used for the last 18 months coming off the bench or playing for half an hour 60 minutes and not thrashing into pieces (laughs) Uh, his his little old legs to suffer with that's ideal that's what we should have been doing for a while and Mm -hmm. you look at him he he ain't going to conserve energy he can run around like a little terrier and look how great he was we've already mentioned he was superb in his little cameo yesterday and there was that, and obviously goal wise, it was Bournemouth for me because obviously we had dislike for Bournemouth. He's well known, um, but that free kick, uh, Bournemouth away, is
1: just mainly Perfect. What about you, Japhal? Me, uh, probably the Brentford game, the, the the goal against Brentford. Yeah, but yeah, he's like I say, um, and I think you guys have said as well in the past, he's, he's probably one of the greatest players to ever wear a wall shirt. So if he, he, he might have come here in the twilight of his career, but he'll still go down as probably one of the top five Wolves players of all time. Mm, Easily, yeah. yeah, easy. Uh, ooh, let's have a quick look. So yeah, I mean we touched on it earlier, uh, talking about music. Um, okay, it was, was been Grime all season at the start of the game. We swapped to Led Zeppelin, a little bit of the Smiths. We got a question here. Does that does that come from Lopetegui to bring that in? I know it's his music taste, but uh, is that is that something that was the key to victory? And does that come from the big man himself?
2: Oh, that's a good point. That is me. Mean, would a I say would a manager have that power? But of course they would. If that's what if they want something, then then why not? But again, he's talked about the crowd, and he's like his, his post match interview where he was talking about we need that in the bad times as well. I think obviously alluding to the start of the second half where it was like Luke said it was dead and maybe for reasons, but it could have been. I don't see the manager in one of his early videos be so like starstruck as he was when he was meeting Robert Plant um, <laughs> in, in the, uh, in the Hayward suite. So it's got every chance of it. His fingerprints all over it and we, everything he touches turns to gold at the minute. So
1: bring it on more input. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if uh, it's, it's Weird question, but as a bit of a tangent for a second, if we could ever, if we could have one song um, go around the around the room again, so one song you add to that playlist to really pump up the crowd, not the Liquidator, because I'm not going over that for the thousandth time. <laughs> but what what would you pick, Pricey? What, what, what song are you going to get
3: there to get the, the crowd going? Um, I'm just trying to think of songs with Wolf in the title, and i would my initial thought was um, Duran Duran. Duran, not Duran. Duran, Duran was the second one I thought of. I did think there was there is a Metallica song, quite isn't there, called "A Wolf and Man." You could have that oh, one.
1: Yeah,
3: that's a bit of a that'll that'll rouse a few people. That'll they'll stir the old uns from the seats. That will, and then once <laughs> uh, when, when they've when they've been a bit confused by that, then put Duran Duran on.
2: We used to play Duran Duran years ago. Yeah. Um... Well,
3: I mean, I mean, the, 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 the mid-90s gold standard was Tina Turner, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. So we, we, we
2: talked now about what this,
0: you. What I miss, you know, like the bugle or the... Tr- that When we used to come out, was it the bugle <laughs> or something? In the 90s, when we used to come out and it used to go...
1: Doo, doo,
3: doo.
2: Fanfare for the common man, that's
3: called. Yes. yes Frank, is,
0: yeah. I knew you know. You knew hey, just, just ages <laughs> the ago. Yeah. Em- Emerson,
3: Lake and Palmer.
0: Yeah, I like it when we come out to that, I do, but maybe that's just my age.
2: No, and it's, the, that was the thing, you know, we mentioned this on a, on a certain other podcast that we uh, feature on in the morning, if you want to listen to that, the cage fighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, there's no um, information tomorrow is a music special, so you you can listen to it. <laughs>
0: Well, oh, I can listen
2: to this it about films. dude just don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we, anyway, we we talking about that on um, the fact that we, it, it, a lot of it comes from, you look, you got to look at the audience that you're playing to, and you know, you, all the grime stuff doesn't work because we're not under 14. So the vast majority of people at Molyneux, I think it's the average age is about 40. So all the stuff that we grew up with, like Tina Turner, being played at Molyneux, it's gonna resonate with us more than anyone else. Yeah. Um and I know I mentioned on Twitter about the instrumental version of Heart Brent, which would be a turning point, playing a bit of Ramstein, um, or, or Rammstein, if you want to say it properly, but Rammstein. the instrumental the, the instrumental version of that, it's only a bit like the um is it the dancing of the night that Hun Sunderland play? It's only mm. a similar kind of thing to that. So it's all a bit <laughs> Just adapt and know your audience, really, it ain't more than anything else.
0: What about Delilah?
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with Delilah. Oh, are you sure about that too? Absolutely. It's a song. <laughs> has, to, has Tom Jones be ever beaten anyone up? <laughs> has Tom Jones ever beaten his wife to a pulp? No, he hasn't. He'd grow up.
0: <laughs>
2: Silly the world, song's right.
1: bit, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Okay, we'll do one more from Twitter corner but we're running on a little bit more. Uh, a little bit late, <laughs> later light, than we uh, expected. Atletico Madrid, rumoured to be interested. I don't know how many legs, how much legs are in this one, but interested in Hugo Bueno in the summer. Uh, I know he didn't feature yesterday, um, but he's been brilliant. How much would Wolves need to to take for him to move on, do you reckon? How, how, what, what sort of transfer fee are we looking at?
2: I think, thirty. what well, Ammar says there, 30, 40 million for someone so inexperienced in a normal world you'd think that's madness. But if you got players like Cristo who have been touted at ninety million after playing like eighteen games or whatever, mm. the world's gone crazy. And if Chelsea are involved, then put another twenty million on top of that. I don't think the way he's played, thirty million, considering his age, the fact that he's potentially homegrown, maybe. I think he might yeah, he is because he came here way under twenty one. So he's homegrown as well. you got to throw that on top of it. Yeah, 30, 40 million. I, I, you'd have to say that's his value and you'd have to accept it at the same time.
3: What we should do is, um, if Madrid want him, ask for 40 million and then just send him the twin instead and never <laughs> tell him. Just nick, nick him never
0: from Dortmund.
3: Dortmund might have something to say <laughs> about that, <though>. <laughs> <laughs> that. might be a <laughs> Loan him. First and then get him, out yeah. And get the him love it. I mean, like, I mean, like she says, I mean, he's I've been a big fan of Bronos in the when I saw him in the 21s, and um, I've been delighted he's like coming to the first team. And you know, it's hard to put a foot wrong, but he is he's still he's quite young, so. You know, he's, the value should be high, but then also there's, he hasn't got. He's only got about what ten to fifteen Premier League games under his belt, or, or however many he's played. Probably a bit more than that, but um, he's done. He's done well. So, mm. you know, it's, it, if they want him, there's a deal. To, there's a deal to be done. But I mean, I'd, we would. i would known and I'd, I'd like to think that we would um, charge the earth for him. And like she says, if if Chelsea involved, put the Chelsea tax on top as well. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: I mean, we've got on a little bit later tonight, but ah, fuck it, we enjoyed it. So, looking at looking at the table, you know, fifteenth, we, we've uh, we've pulled ourselves another little couple of points gap. Looking ahead, we've got Southampton, Fulham in the next couple of games. How do we how do we see that going? How many points do you reckon we're going to get out the uh, the next couple of games? We'll go to Luke first. What do you reckon? Six points. See, I don't want to get carried away. This is the thing. Because Wolves will do this to
3: you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get six points. (laughs) Do do you know what? There's no reason not to feel optimistic now. And we've got the best manager in the world managing the team. (laughs) We've got some of the best players in the world. We are literally one of the best teams in the world. So six from six... Bournemouth and Southampton, is he? Yeah, Southampton Fulham Sorry, Southampton, Fulham. Fulham, Sorry, and, Southampton, and Fulham. Southampton. Um, the games we've got to win if we've been well, maybe not so much. Uh, Fulham's away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Friday night, I think. But, so, Southampton, you know, yeah. Southampton, Southampton away. Bournemouth and Fulham. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. oh, so yeah, so i have complete. Yeah, I gotta go on <laughs> talking about yeah. So would you take a point at Southampton? No. Or or have we just got to look at it now? No, let's let's get the six points. I think six from six
1: dust the passports off. <laughs> I love the positivity. Stu, come on, give us some positivity. Well, so, if you were the uh
2: the, the wise words of uh the genius of his Nathan Jones today, depends who's making decisions for him at the weekend. He sounds like a footballing cook to me. Um oh, You've got to be smashing them, yeah. I mean the shit they're absolutely atrocious. They're yeah. they're so bad. they I mean anything other than a win there is not acceptable. <laughs> I know where, where we are in the league and whatever. But you have to beat Southampton. It doesn't matter where they where you if you're home or away. And then you you're coming up against Bournemouth at home, who look the the go with the I can't remember his name, the go with the Dreads who played yesterday. Um the first time. He looks it he ran He he carried the ball well um, in a couple of runs. I ain't seen him before. Um, He looked decent for for them. Other than that, they're still Bournemouth, are not they? And drawing against them was one of the worst games of the season earlier on um, under Large. And again, they're not very good. And we are. We've just battered Liverpool 3-0, and deservedly so. And if you can't think, therefore, I play, as Mr Nevis has proved over and over again, we're playing two of the worst teams on form and squad depth in and players
1: of selection in the league. Six points, easy. And you probably you're gonna you're gonna uh, dust the passport off, send a send a renewal application into the passport office up in Liverpool.
3: What do you think? I shall. Yes, I'll get, get the Brexit visa sorted for travels <laughs> travels into Europe. Um, I mean, if we're in, if we're incorporating Fulham into this as well, I mean they're they're the, the trick. The sticky wicky at 3 but um 6 point point at 6 points minimum uh the next three games I'd say I'd, something bad has to happen for Southampton to beat us something really bad has to happen for Southampton to beat us they are shit and Bournemouth hasn't got said, the jaw
0: those free kick tactics so are they that's the only thing that worries me
3: they have. I mean, it says a lot, isn't it? When your team's best hope is hoping someone smacks a free kick in from 25 yards at least a couple of times a game. But Nathan Jones has got very much the Dean Saunders about him for me. <laughs> he just looks he's just terrible and sounds terrible. They are terrible. I, I, it's going to be a coupon buster, isn't it? <laughs> the way we're talking about <laughs> it. But um, yeah, we definitely should be beating. Say, to and Bournemouth, given what we've just seen, you know, and given, you know, the players now we've got at our disposal, fun will be a bit trickier, but we've got to look at it like this little mini league now down the bottom until we get ourselves proper out of it. How are we faring against the teams of like, you say, Damson's, your Bournemouth's, Leeds and West Ham's, and all the rest of it? I mean, like Forest are still quite a few points ahead of us, and we were joking at the start of the season that they were laughably shit. So, they are well. They're four four points ahead of us. So hopefully, you know, given the results of Southampton and Bournemouth, I'd like to think we go back above them. They are slowly starting to get themselves sorted a bit now. Forest are, but just got to keep just keep doing what we do. Whatever we, we worked for us yesterday, let's do what we do. We will pull ourselves away slowly from the league, and then in about ten games' time, when we start getting close to the running, we can see what what might be on offer then. But let's. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Yep,
1: perfect. So that's a lovely way to wrap up the show. I and mean, we're looking forward to it. We've had a great, great game yesterday. Um, the future is bright. The future is wolves. So, yeah. Good night from. Uh, good night from myself. Uh, myself Sorry. Good night from Stu. Goodbye, Luke. See you later, pricey. Adios. Adios, amigo. So yeah, good. Uh, good to, to talk to you guys again. Good, good for you guys. Thanks for all the comments. Um, you know, YouTube, Facebook, all those lovely places. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe on on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on uh, Spotify or wherever you may get your podcast, appreciate you. Love you all. Interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you might find us. All at Walls Fancast. Uh, and until next time, goodbye.